just started to grow. And I started to ask myself, I wonder if I can make this my main thing. And I wasn't sure how I could make it work because I would I would need like a lot of members in order for me to hit the financial numbers I'm after. I'm not I'm not looking for seven figures, like I said, but mid six and and some time. That's that's what I'm interested in. But still, I didn't think it made sense to have so many members. But at some point, I, I realized that look, if I can have 200 to 250, which is my max uh, members, I've there's got to be a way for me to pull in 500,000, right, every year. And so that was my second leap is the beginning of 2022, end of March, 2022, I took a leap and said, made this my main thing. I, I folded all my other group programs. I closed down the last one. I've been agonizing and thinking about it for, for like, you know, six to nine months beforehand as well. Welcome to the Innovative Founder, the show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Rignaris and Brandon Boyd. Welcome, innovative founders. Hello, founders. What's happening? What's going on? Bob, what's going on in your world? Anything new, exciting? As I choke on myself. (laughs) You want me to wait for you to swallow? I choke on my breathing (laughs) as I learn how to breathe. Well, um, it's uh, it's 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 early in March as we record this, and I know this will probably be released in May. And I think by the time our uh, listeners hear this, there's going to be some pretty significant growth at uh, Feet Stories. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that um, kind of our telltale, just th- this is the way it goes with an entrepreneur is you are always evolving. And, and it's not, it's not evolving for the sake of making more money. It's, it's that we are being pushed and led into something. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a, there's a significant difference. Um, And we talk about disruption on the show and you have, you and I have had some disruptions Mm -hmm. that have got our attention. Mm -hmm. That'd be a good term to use. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 And it forces you to focus and evaluate where you are and those disruptions and that growth or, or that invitation to grow. It's something you can ignore and continue in the disruption Mm -hmm. or take heed and do the work to see what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I chose the latter and we're starting to see some significant light ahead in our tunnels. Is that, mm-hmm. is that a good way to put it? I think it's really great. I think, yeah, I appreciate the way you you communicated that. Yeah. You know, so Bob and I have been having these conversations about the evolution of feed stories and, you know, who are we? And we realized that the conversation we had just even yesterday was, and, and we've had this conversation over the years and, and we've had it from our different coaches we worked with and intuitives And it's the idea that the thing that comes most easy to you, most absolutely no resistance, it rolls off your tongue. Um, It it doesn't feel like work. 
is the thing that you should be charging the most for, should be offering to people. Uh, that is your world-class superpower, if you will. And I think Bob and I have just had kind of some head trash over the years being, you know, good Protestants that we are and, and entrepreneurs where we've we we've listened to the productivity porn, the entrepreneur porn at times. It talks about the grind, the hustle, and that everything has to be earned and uh and and all this, you know, macho grinded out kind of talk. And I think there is a shift, at least I've seen it happening. It's like, wait a minute. Um what comes so easy, what I would do for free all day long um, is the thing I should be being very comfortable charging for and offering to people because it comes so easily. There's no resistance around it. Um, so I think you and I are coming to to a resolution with our own internal, you know, trash It's like, wait a minute, I need to be grinding, hustling, you know, doing the 12 hour day thing as as also what comes into play is geez, I'm really, 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 really good at this. Uh, when I just have conversations around these particular things with people and they go implement, they are adding revenue streams to their business. They're happier. They're getting clarity. Um, why aren't we doing more of that? Why do we feel like we have to, to clock in or do quote unquote, do the work? And I'm not saying we're, we're abandoning, you know, the idea of work, but I think the definition of work is changing. Well, and it, it changes for everybody. And I think for us, again, there's there's this belief that when you work hard, you get paid. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I have, have kind of had the sense of we only get paid when we work hard. We've changed it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we do work hard. Um, we, we work hard in our clients' businesses. We work hard in our business. But what we're realizing and what we're evolving into is that some of the things we take for granted, some of the things that are easiest for us, our highest end skills are what is what is truly valued by our clients. And that's where we get the most transformation in our clients' lives. And it's us evolving our business model in such a way that we are creating opportunities to do higher level transformations, high leverage activities, that we get paid handsomely for, but creates even greater reward for our clients. And I think that's the shift that we're making and the shift that um, we see ourselves moving into. And, and hopefully even by the time this airs that we've moved into and are, are, are continuing to create. Um, and it's interesting because our, our guest today is Dove Gordon. And he talked about being, um, he, he talks about his evolution of running a group for, was it eight years, Brandon, mm -hmm. for free? Yeah, for, yep, for free. Yeah. And then he made the decision to charge for it. And he, he talks about his process and the struggles he went making that shift. Um, I, I think any good growth comes with trials and, and agitation. Like you remember Brandon growing up when you'd like wake up in the middle of the night, your knees would hurt, your legs yeah. would hurt, those yeah. growing pains. Like yeah, that, that happens now at 54. <laughs> I, is that but they're not growing are pains? They, are, are they supposed to stop at some point? No. Just I, I just remember my mom saying, like, well, that growing like pains. that's good. That means oh, you're growing. Okay. okay. Right. Um, yeah, I'm I don't know what growing. you got going on now. I'm growing. But, I'm just um, gonna go with it growing. But that that period of of pain that you're going through is the signal of growth and um so uh, Dove, Dove talks about that um, in relation to who he is and the culture that he grew up in. It's a really interesting interview. And 
And Dove even answered some questions that he told us he's never answered before on any podcast. So um, that's a little hint for you, a little tease for you. So without further ado, we want to introduce to you our guest today, Mr. Dove Gordon. Hey, founders, Hello, I want to founders. introduce you to a friend of mine, Dove Gordon. Dove, how are you? Very well, Bob. Thank you. Great. Um, tell people where you're, uh, where you're dialing in from today. A city in Israel, middle of Israel called Beit Shemesh, about halfway yeah. between Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. I, I love it. Um, I don't know many people that live in that part of the world and um, you, you operate, you've operated your business a lot. Most of your clients are in North America, I would assume, right, Dove? I think it's about 50% North America and 50% the rest of the world, but that's rough okay. numbers. That's amazing. It's around the world. Yeah. Now, is that, is that been your, your home and your center? Um, yep. I mean, I grew up in, in a small town on the East coast called uh, Brooklyn, New York, but yeah. Um, Heard yeah. of that? Yeah. You, Good pizza. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've been here for, for many, most of my life at this point, you know, more like you know, I came in 1998 for six months to study. I ended up staying for a couple of years, was introduced to my now wife who's here since she was nine. And, uh, you know, we got married living here, family, and that's that, you know? Well, so, great. Uh, Fantastic. So we could just start out then. Just tell us what what are you excited about right now? Personal life, business life, could be one or the other or both. Oh well, my oldest son is getting married in three weeks, so that's exciting. Congratulations, right. congratulations, I, I mean, father of the bride I, or the other uh, groom. I, yeah, that's right. Um, I, well, I I cannot believe that I'm old enough to have a son who's getting married. But the truth is, I was even a little younger than he is when he when I got married. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Is the wedding uh is the wedding in Israel? Yeah. Uh yeah, in a few weeks. What a great celebration. That's fantastic. That's right. What about what about business business wise? Business wise, I'm excited about our uh JVMM network, which is at profitablerelationships.com. And you're you're an honored member, which I appreciate. And this is a network for people who market and sell to small business owners online using online direct marketing and joint ventures uh, it's not for beginners so you know our members are people who are doing you know at least low six figures but you know through upper seven and we even have a few doing eight figures and um, my role is curation conversation education i curate uh, literally every member has come with maybe one exception has been nominated by an existing member um and yeah, I just, you know, so I curate a conversation. I do things to help connect members because you can bring together great conversations, but if they, great members rather, but if you don't get to know each other, then you don't have the opportunity for all the great collaborations that develop and education. Everybody, uh, everybody knows a lot, but um, there's always more to learn. And we've got, so I look to see how we can create opportunities for members to learn from each other. So that's, that's my role, my chief role. Uh, after running it for free for about eight years, I felt I had to start charging. Mm -hmm. I, I never intended for this to be a source of revenue, let alone my main business as it is now. Um, but you know, you know, I, I was, well, we'd grown from like five people to almost 200 running it free, but I realized that quite, you know, probably about half people were not active and, you know, it just, there's some dead weight there needed to know who really wants to be there. So I had to start charging something, but I was afraid because um, I'd gone from, 
you know, nothing to where a lot of the members were people that I had put on a pedestal in my mind. Like these are people who were like so far ahead of me, like why would they even want to talk to me? And then over the years, through one way or another, a lot of these people became members in my in my network and I was afraid of losing those relationships. So I was really torn. It took me a number of months before I took the leap. Um, I thought we'd go from 200 members or almost 200 down to maybe 10 or 20. Fortunately, we ended up with 45 and slowly continued to grow back up and we're almost back at uh, 200. Um, and the group, you know, just keeps getting better and better. And, you know, now we have two smaller circles for peer, peer coaching within it. Like we have a six figure group and a seven figure group with the seven figure group actually has two, eight figure business owners. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and then just the end of March, 2022, I made this my main focus. So I phased out most of my own coaching. If, a, if an ideal client pops up, reaches out to me and it's perfect fit. I'll work with them one-on-one, but I don't do groups anymore. I don't, I don't have to, I just focus on getting to know my members getting to know them better, uh, seeing how I can serve them, how I can improve our processes, our systems, and, um, you know, making internal introductions, external introductions. And that's, that's what I do. So I, I feel uh, deeply fortunate because if, if, if the best business is one that you would do for free, then I literally did this for free for eight years and now it's evolved to where that is my my main business. So that's exciting. What's uh, Dove, what were you doing before this? What tell us a little bit about your journey as an entrepreneur? What was going on before that brought you to this point? From the early two thousands, I was uh, coaching small business owners in one way or another. Well, actually, that's not true. For the first, I started off with small business owners. Uh, then I moved to larger companies, and I for a few years I was running a CEO uh, roundtable, CEO peer advisory group. Um, for companies with between 10 and $150 million in sales. Uh, I made a lot of progress on that, but not enough. Like I kept hitting a wall or a ceiling. Um, you know, I, I got some amazing, pe <clears throat> amazing people to come, but I didn't know what I was doing in terms of how to sell it. And you know, my aim had been to get follow-up uh, consulting deals, you know, deals from that. I did get some, but not enough. And I realized at some point that um, I learned a lot. You know, I, I started, I never had a real job. I was kind of self-taught, although I worked with coaches and went to workshops to just, I realized I needed to learn skills. I needed the things I needed to learn. Um, and at some point I realized that I was never going to break into the um, you know, kind of the, the the business community in a way that I would want to over here. Uh, it, you know, I was facilitating these meetings in Hebrew, which I'm not fluent in. So it was pretty, pretty cool anyway. So, and, uh, but no, and these, these are sharp people. These are, they're really sharp successful people doing well. Um, <clears throat> so I was, I learned a lot from it. I gained a lot from that, but at some point I realized that all those things that I didn't know several years before that I'd acquired over the years, there are a lot of other people around the world who are now struggling with that. And, and I, I realized I have a, a, a unique ability that I could struggle through something and suffer through something might be more of a, an accurate <laughs> description. I could suffer through something and then distill the essence down to where I can share it with others. So I can help other people avoid some of the mistakes, uh, not all because we all have to travel our own journey and make our own mistakes. But you know, that's all, that's what we all try to do is we try to help spare some other people for some of the, th some of the things that we realize that, Hey, you're about to step in something. And, and <laughs> if I can help you at least, at least catch one shoe, maybe not two, but then you'll thank me. I'm not sure I heard many people ever admit that their superpower is suffering. Yeah. <laughs> no, like yeah. suffering through something and then distilling the lessons down. I mean, I, there yeah. are two sides to it, but yeah. Um, so well, um, I actually, I, I respect that. I think there's something yeah. to it. 
Bob and I joke about, you know, Bob and I have very similar values, but we're very different. So, you know, Bob's idea of a good time is playing, you know, round of golf in an afternoon. Mine is I go and do jujitsu and roll around and get my, you know, my ribs separated by guys, <laughs> you know, and, and seeing how much I can endure. And, and so there's, there's something to this idea of throw, throwing yourself neck deep into something without a whole lot of evaluation beforehand just to see what happens and just to see how you can handle it. So I kind of can resonate with that as like, okay, how much can I take of what am I going to learn? And I'm going to get banged up, but I'm going to come out with some cool lessons on the other side. Maybe some very stuff. kind of you. Although I, <laughs> I, you know, if given the choice, I would probably choose Bob's round of golf, golf over your <laughs> getting my ribs separated. <laughs> <laughs> even though i've yeah. never played golf and you know i've been pretty awful at, at the mini golf i did play 10 years ago well everybody's got their thing so yeah um it's interesting the um did are, are you just a naturally inquisitive person um it's because so. you know anyone could kind of look at this and go oh well you know i can put together a group of 200 people but there's there's a gift to that. Um, is that something that you've always had, or it's something that you realized you had and developed? Um, I I don't know. I mean, here's what I do know. What I do know is that you know when I was getting started, you know, started my coaching business, and at some point I heard about I had this idea of bringing small business owners together, and I was talking to someone, and they mentioned something, or I was searching online. I think it was. Going back in the early 2000s, right? So I was searching online. I came across this idea of a CEO peer advisory group, peer groups, uh, Vistage. Yeah. Um, although yeah. Vistage was, at the time, it was called Tech, I think, the Executive yes. Council, I think. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> dating ourselves, gentlemen, for, for those are. who have no <laughs> idea what we're talking about. All right. So, uh, and I, I realized that there was such a thing, that the concept existed, which encouraged me a bit. And uh you know, but again, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that I had to do something. And, and you know, I was <laughs> married with a couple of little kids and I needed to figure this, this coaching thing out because I, you know, I'd, I'd taken a coaching course and uh, um, didn't bother to get certification, which we can talk about if, if relevant, because uh, I didn't think it was, it was really the, the, the important point. And I just felt a lot of this, this, these test questions were just dumb. Um, <laughs> they were. And yeah. so you know, so uh, you know, so I was going out there doing and doing and having a little success. You know, like pushing boulders up the hill and only to watch them roll back down, the Sisyphus style, and um, you know, moving forward with the bungee cord strapped to your back, pulling you back the other way. But I did have some success, and I did learn some lessons, and and just over time, it it started to come together. And eventually, I as one, once I found once I round um kind of um. Uh, stopped running the CEO peer group. Uh, oh, you asked me about the, once I stopped running it, so then I looked around to see, okay, how can I, what else can I do? And I realized I, I, just, I, I should be serving people around the world who are, who are where I was a few years before that. And that's what I focused on. Now you had asked me about, um, about running groups. So that was the first group that I ran. I just, I'd had that idea. So I don't know, maybe, but you asked if I naturally inquisitive, I, I think I am. I mean, I know I am. And I also, genuinely care um and i and i i i it does seem that not everybody naturally cares and i do think i do i genuinely care about other people 
Um, I, you know, I'm not interested in, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not driven by money. I like money, but uh, it's not what's not what drives me. Um, so, you know, I, I think that when you genuinely care and you, you, and you look for people like you, well, let me say it this way. When I was agonizing about whether I should start charging for JVM because I felt, I really felt I needed to, I, I was consulting with <clears throat> several of the members behind the scenes. You know, the ones, you know, five or 10 members that I felt would really help move it forward if they were, if they were in. And there was, you know, I was sharing a doubt that I had. I was like, well, um, why would anybody promote me to their list if they're also paying a membership fee, right? This is what I said to this guy. Like if they're, and right now, like we're all helping each other, but once they start paying me something, then why would they promote me to their list? And this guy said to me, he said, Satov, you don't understand. He's like, you're setting a, um, the, you're setting a tone in terms of generosity. You're bringing people together who are genuinely generous, who are givers. They're, they're, this is my words. I don't remember exactly how he put it, but they're masters at their craft. They're get very good at what they do. And they're also happy to leave their ego at the door, come in, share what works, what doesn't, and look to be helpful. The fact that you start charging is not going to change that um, because people will appreciate what you're doing. And like, you know, the, the charging, the fee is for the membership. And then what you will do with everybody, you know, how you promote each other, how you support them, how they support you, that's, that's, that's going to go on like always. And that really helped me see that yeah, okay, I guess I did have something a little bit different, a little bit special, because I was doubting myself. I was wondering, like, I knew that we'd built something good, but, you know, when you're in it and you have your own worries and pressures, your your vision's a little bit cloudy. And and um, what he shared with me that time was a big help. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if so much, I did learn some facilitation skills way back when. I, I did study facilitation at some point. And I, of course, I had a lot of practice in the CEO peer group, especially in a language I, I half understood uh, and could break my teeth through sometimes. But um, so I, I do think that if somebody is naturally drawn to something like this and they feel that it's something they would want to do or could get good at, then I definitely think they probably have that, that to some degree, that innate ability and the, then the, the additional skills you can learn. I have met a lot of great people in this group. A lot of the guests you've heard on this show were from that group. Um, it is for uh, small to medium-sized businesses, uh, six to eight figures that uh, primarily do their business online. Uh, if that's something that um, applies to you and you especially deal with thought leaders, coaches, consultants, authors, speakers, groups like that, uh, it would be a great group for you to be involved with. Um, I'd love you to learn more about Dove before you do that. If you go to ProfitableRelationships.com forward slash the manual, um, there is a resource there that uh, really sets the tone for how Dove views business and how he runs his group. Uh, and I would invite you to download that. ProfitableRelationships.com forward slash the manual. Used to sell this thing for a hundred or a couple hundred dollars. He's given away for free. Uh, so really good information in there. Now back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rignaris and Brandon Boyd. So what changed besides your income when you decided to move from a free model to a paid model? What what did you notice? What What were the benefits of doing that that you maybe didn't realize? 
Um, well, one thing you asked me what changed, and then you asked me what the benefits were. So first, we'll start about what changed. <laughs> I've been getting sure. nominations continuously all the time, but for the first six months after people started paying, I noticed that the nominations for new members dried up almost completely, and I, I didn't know how it would work out. And um, but fortunately, after that first six months, it started to pick up again, and it and it's been rather consistent ever since. And What's beautiful about that is it allows me to focus my time on serving the members. And when the members feel this is good and they know that we genuinely care about them, I do, my little team does, uh, and most other members also, they say, wow, like I know this other person, I know these people, like this, that person, hey, th you should be in here, right? Because they realize that every new quality member raises the bar for everybody else. That's the network mm -hmm. effect or some aspect of it. So that's... um. That's something that changed. Um, something else that changed, uh, I guess, over time for the benefit of it is, uh, again, I was, I'd always been putting in time and effort. I felt like this is an investment in my marketing because, you know, I would make this thing run. People would promote each other to get to know each other. And some people would promote me. Not everybody would. And <clears throat> so, that, you know, I always felt that was an investment in my marketing, but I always put a lot of time into it. And getting paid for something that you putting in time and effort into, I... I've been interviewing, nobody can just join. I talk to everybody before they join. And that's how it was from day one. It hasn't changed, you know, what, through the years it was free and it hasn't changed through, we don't have, it's not very expensive. It's a modest annual fee. I don't want to say what it is because if someone listens to us in six months or a year or two years and, and it's gone <laughs> right. up a bit, you know, what's the point? But it's not, it's, you know, any serious business owner can easily afford it. Um, so, it, but still to me, it's about, quality. It's about making sure it's a right fit. Obviously, we're looking for people who meet certain kind of, I guess, check boxes on paper in terms of that, that, yes, you are marketing and selling to small business owners, to coaches, to consultants, agency owners, entrepreneurs, et cetera. Using online direct marketing, you have some degree of direct marketing savvy. You have some kind of funnel in place. These are, of course, things that you can look at on paper. But I talk to everybody because I want to be sure that it's a fit just you know, beyond that, personality fit, values fit. So um, you know, I guess, you know, I, getting starting to get paid for that and getting to the point where I, I, I realized that as we were growing, we went, like I said, like not down to 10 or 20, but 45. And then we started to slowly grow. So as we're hitting 90 and 100, 120, I'm thinking, I wonder what, I wonder if, if, or how, how could I make this my main thing? I'm not personally looking to build seven figures in scaling over the years. I've come to understand that I, I'm not, I do not enjoy managing other people at all. <laughs> I'm more of an artist, I guess, more of an artist. <clears throat> I enjoy the conversations with the members. I enjoy learning from them. I enjoy sharing with them when I have something to share. I enjoy improving our systems. I enjoy these things. I do not enjoy managing people. So unfortunately, I have one and a half team members and I don't have to manage them. They're, they, they're always asking me, for, you know, like what, catching me when I'm behind. Hey, Dove, I'm waiting for you on this and that. Okay. All right. Sorry. So sometimes um, those, those half team members are painful, especially if you don't get the top half with the brain. Well, the, if you, you know, have the just half. the legs and the lower torso, you can't. No, 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 they're good. They're good. It's just, it's just part time. So that's that's fine. Um, but uh, no, they're great. They're really excellent. And um, it just enabled me to do what, what I'm doing. And that's uh, that's where we are. And but I think I was trying to say, so, yeah, so I'm not. So, so how it developed was um, just started to grow. And I started to ask myself, I wonder if I can make this my main thing. And I wasn't sure how I could make it work because I would I would need like a lot of members in order for me to hit the financial numbers I'm after. 
I'm not, I'm not looking for seven figures, like I said, but mid six and, and some time that's, that's what I'm interested in, but still, I didn't think it made sense to have so many members, but at some point I, I realized that, look, if I can have 200 to 250, which is my max uh, members, I've, it's gotta be a way for me to pull in 500,000, right? Every year. And so that was my second leap is uh, the beginning of 2022, end of March, 2022, I took a leap and said, made this my main thing. I, I folded all my other group programs. I closed down the last one. I've been agonizing and thinking about it for for like you know six to nine months beforehand as well, and <clears throat> took that leap. You know, I don't know what I don't know what you guys believe, but like kind of like you know, it's just working on improve increasing my faith because I was feeling that I was pulled in two directions. I was feeling that I was like on the one side I had my JVMM group, on the other side I had my my boutique coaching business, and I wasn't able to put proper attention or full attention to either mm -hmm. of them. And I realized that you know I was I felt I have to keep doing both. You know, because neither alone was, you know, bringing me everything I wanted, but at the same time, I wasn't able to do either of them properly without growing my team. And I just, again, I, that's not for me. So um, I just realized I have to take a leap, and I realized, you know, you know, I believe God sends my income through people that I get to serve. If I serve them well, that's where it comes from. And I'm sure He would want me to use my talents and abilities that He gives me to my utmost rather than spread myself thin out of fear and worry. So I took that leap. It's part, it's part of my own personal journey. Let's talk about that for a minute. So you said you moved to Israel um, to, for study. Was that a spiritual journey for you? Is that the purpose of the move? Um, in a sense, I suppose. I mean, is that something so, you're open to talking about? I suppose I'm, I'm open to talking about whatever, whatever you want. I mean, <laughs> okay. Take us down that it's path a, a little bit, because you know, obviously your I, faith I, is I something up, important in how yeah, that integrates with your business. Yeah, uh, I grew up in you know as an Orthodox Jew in Brooklyn, New York. A lot of lot, a lot of them over there, and um, it's quite common that after high school, you go study in Israel for a year or two or or more. I uh, you know so you know that that's what I did. I actually did, couldn't go right away, so I actually was studying at a, a yeshiva in New Jersey for a couple of years because I. You know, I had, I had uh, a, a surgery that I had to take care of. So once that was done, I was able to go to Israel. So I went to Israel for, and I was there. I planned to go for six months, but I, I liked it. I stayed for a couple of years and then introduced to my wife. So, and she would only date somebody who would, was going to live here. So um, I said, well, I, I didn't, I didn't miss Brooklyn. I still don't miss Brooklyn. You you wouldn't be the first person that moved because of a woman or stayed because of a woman. So no, I think it's yeah. a valid, I think it's a valid thing. Absolutely. It's uh, it, it, arguably the best reason. <laughs> yeah. If it's the right woman. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you, so you stayed in, you said New Jersey. Tell me about that. What did, what, tell me, tell me what it's like bringing inside of the world of studying uh, in that atmosphere. What's that like? Well, I'm, it's a, it's called a yeshiva. Yeah, okay. right? Shiva is is uh, kind of more advanced uh, Talmudic studies, you know, learning Jewish law, uh, the Talmud, the the Torah, Bible. You spend you know pretty much a it's a really long day, like you know you start <laughs> you're starting like seven a.m. seven thirty and you finish like ten ten thirty. Wow. Uh, there's there's there are breaks in in between, but still it's a long day. They keep you busy. Uh, it's broken into three main parts of the day. With there are also three three prayers daily prayers uh, beginning uh, morning noon and and night 
um <clears throat> noon is like you know afternoon depends one so um it's uh it's it is a lot and then i you know i had actually i'd always wanted to go to a specific place in jerusalem specific yeshiva there because i was very impressed with the the rabbi who heads the place um in high school when we we're in high school so the the representatives like the leaders of the various yeshivas from israel like they come to different cities and states across the states looking for you know look, to recruit they want to find the best possible students and i i remember meeting several of them and i just felt like he was the most straight like he was wasn't playing games he told me on the spot like a lot of them come with a list of names from the previous year of who to look for right so okay. I, I guess i hadn't i guess i wasn't on the list so oh. he was he was just treating with me treating me like straight like we were having a straight conversation and about what very whatever it was and and he said to me i said i'd be very happy to have you join us and and i just really appreciated the the direct honest no games approach so after after I had my, uh, I was in oral surgery after I had that and then re you know, recovery. And um, I, I just wanted to go there. So I went there and it was a really good experience. And I ended up staying there two years, like I said, and then another year full, full time after I got married. And then two more years, half a day as I was slowly starting my business and then <clears throat> moved full time into uh, my business. Hey, founders, hope you're enjoying the conversation today. Um, I think it's quite interesting that we are on the been on the theme here for a while of community, community building, the shifts that happen, um, the spiritual part of entrepreneurship. I always love tapping into the those types of things when we're doing interviews. Um, one thing that has come up recently for us in our own feed stories model is we're shifting, we're growing, we're seeing the trends in the market, and we're seeing how people are using storytelling to amplify their businesses in different ways, different platforms, different methodologies. Everything is constantly changing and evolving. And, and the moment you put a peg in it and say, this is what, where it is, it's gonna change. So we're excited to surf these changes and we're excited to help our clients surf these changes. So if it is time to, to bring your story, your solution, who you are, your world-class offering to the world and to amplify it, then reach out to us, feedstories.com. Let's book a call with Bob and I. And let's talk about how we're going to use video and uh, content creation to amplify your business so more people who you can help can reach out to you. Now back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. There's a couple things about the Jewish culture that have always impressed me. The first is the, the spiritual experience is based on questions meaning that the the hebrew culture the hebrew faith is very comfortable sitting with questions and not having answers mm. which is very different from western mm -hmm. kind of christianity which is just give me the answers mm -hmm. um does and that you're gonna shape... like it and you're gonna push yeah. it on your throat <laughs> Is <laughs> that been your experience, Dove? And and how does that shape you, kind of, as you approach life and business? Kind of being in that culture of being okay with with divine mysteries and sitting with questions. How, how did that shape your life? Well, I'll try. I'll try to answer, but keeping in mind that I'm not from like again. This is my experience, and I haven't experienced the you know the alternatives you're describing. So I, I mean, I'll just. Right. Um, yeah, well, I want to hear they, your experience. Yeah. How was it shaped? Uh, you? Like I said, I don't mean to say it in contrast to anything else. Um, 
just that, you know, the asking questions is a, is a, yes, it is a core part. Uh, you know, it's just a core part of, of, of Judaism right. and, and arguing about the answers, arguing as an, as an effort to, to, to find the truth. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, there's, there's a, a, a fundamental um, accepted truth, which is that, you know, we cannot fully understand, we can't understand God, we cannot, there's a lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of the reality that we're subject to, we'll, we will never understand, we're incapable, we just have human limitations, okay, um, but nevertheless, like we, you know, we believe God gave the Torah to the, the Jews at Mount Sinai, and that obligates us to, to live a certain way, to live according to it, we have to study in order to know what we're what what it is that we're expected to do and and why, um, and that of course you know it, there's a lot there. <laughs> it's not it's yeah. not small. It's and it and it encompasses all of life, all areas of life. So there's you know there's there's you know Jewish law. There's um, there's um, kind of the Jewish outlook like. Um, just trying to think of, I've got the, the word hashkafa in my mind, but you know, kind of your outlook or philosophy. Uh, there's you know personal improvement, mus musar, personal development. There's different aspects to it. Um, but you know, the Talmud is full of questions. Everything is, you know, right. like there's certain like a statement and then follow with questions to try to understand it, to go deeper. And you know, there's the written law and the oral law. The written law would be the the Torah, the Bible, the five books of Moses, the 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 prophets, and uh, the writings, right? The those three written. And then there's the the oral law, which was eventually written down in the Talmud. Um, and it's not it was not written down with an intention that people can read it themselves and fully understand it. It's intentionally cryptic because it has to be passed along from a you know um, master to student, master to student, because. There are things that you can't get uh, other than with life experience and with study mm -hmm. and with wor working, learning with a, 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 you know, your teacher. Um, so it's, it's intentionally written that way. Like the first version or the, the first version, the written version of the oral law was written down because people were starting to forget. It was written down cryptically. It's called the, the Mishnah. Um, and, and again, it's not cryptic. It, it's just, it's very concise. Okay. So it's not like a puzzle. Right but it's very concise, right. right? And then on that though, over, you know, a couple of two, the next two, two to 400 years later, it was, uh, they needed to elaborate more. That's where the Talmud was written down. Um, and then over, over the years, there's been, you know, you know, countless commentaries uh, <clears throat> uh, through to today. But the, the core idea is you, it has to be a tradition passed on from, you know, you know, teacher to student. And, the way you learn that is is a lot of questioning and and also a core tenet is you know faith in in judaism is not is not just accept something um without thought without reflection um my again i, I don't know i haven't seen this inside as i recall but maimonides under i've heard this and i i've seen it quoted i believe but again i don't want to misrepresent so i'll i'll say what i what i understand according to maimonides the there's there's according to everybody there's an obligation to believe in god Right. But I believe that Maimonides teaches that if you haven't arrived at the conclusion that God exists on your own, you have not fulfilled the obligation. It doesn't mean that you, meaning that you have to ask questions, you have to search and study and observe until on your own you come to conclude, yeah, this, it's got to be. 
Mm. It has to be this. If you that. just yeah. accept blind faith, you haven't fulfilled your obligation. Right. So it's, you're, just, it's, you're just following a narrative, which right. I think, unfortunately, a lot of in the Western society, we can do that is, is, you know, I made a decision. I was part of a group for years and decided after leaving it that I'm not going to believe anything out of fear that mm -hmm. there's, there's no point in it. I mean, it's not a true belief. It's not a truth conviction or personal about. experience. Yeah, exactly. It's, it has to be something personal. It has to be taken to that level. So well, I, I, I respect that. I think I love that. I, I think just being that Jewish culture and a lot of Eastern culture really embraces questions, which allows you to have um, sacred texts and beliefs that are shaped during the time that you exist in. Um, and, and, and not having absolutes where it's like, it was this way 6,000 years ago, and it's this way today mm -hmm. and, and being free to have masters and teachers to, to pass information along. Like it's, it's a really amazing culture. What we do, what we do in the Western culture and the, what a lot of entrepreneurs do dove is they go, just feed me the answers. I don't want the experience. I don't need, I don't have time for the experience. I want you just to tell me what to do and tell me what to believe. And then I'm going to go out and do it. And that's not how you're successful. We know this, but yet mm -hmm. that's, that's what a lot is peddled. That's what a lot is, is shop for, which is just give me the blueprint. Just give me the answers. That mm -hmm. is not part right. of your culture, but it's very prevalent in, in Western culture. Yeah. And I, I saw that in business as well. And, you know, I, I uh, many years ago, I sat down for about six weeks and two to four hours a day pounded out what I call the manual and it's called how to systematically and consistently attract first-rate clients. And what I was sharing there is precisely because of, of, um, by the way, I, I sold it for five years for a hundred bucks, but we give it away free, uh, at profitablerelationships.com forward slash the manual. So the manual. if anyone wants to get a copy, so, but for me, the the kind of clients that I've always wanted to work with over the years are precisely like you were describing, people who are not just interested in telling me what to do, but people that I need to understand why it works when it works, why it doesn't work when it doesn't. Because I realized that, that you know, and, and it's like you, what you described and what, what, what I'm talking about as well, it's understandable to a great degree because most people who I'm dealing with, probably you as well, that we've developed some kind of expertise, we've mastered our craft, and we wanted to make a business from it only to wake up and discover that just because I'm good does not mean people are going to pay me for it. <laughs> There's this thing called marketing apparently and sales. And I have to go out and do something that brings people to me and then lead them in a conversation or through a sales letter or whatever, some kind of sales experience that leads them to feel, wow, I, you know, this is, this is, uh, I want to work with you. I want to give you money. I want to, entrust it with you so that you can help me get from here to there. And what, what, what the problem with a lot of these people that they experience, it's not a problem with them. And the problem that they go through is that they've mastered their craft. They're good at whatever it is. They're really good at, you know, logistics consulting, let's say like they've mastered logistics. They understand anything about it. You want to get, get little widget from here to there in a certain amount of time. They, they, they've got it down, but they don't know how to get clients for that. So what they say is like, tell me what to do. Right? What do I do? And the mistake they're making without realizing it is that that when it comes to they, they're assuming that marketing is more comparable to like flipping a light switch, just following a checklist, rather than that their core craft, what they've mastered 
you, they, no, they would never, if you come to them and say, okay, this logistics thing, just tell me what to do. They'd laugh at you because they know it's not, I mean, you can't simplify, you can't distill it down to a simple checklist. You have to understand, you know, the fundamentals, the first principles and, and then all kinds of various knowledge and tech, who knows what, I don't even know. Right. But when it comes right. to this marketing thing, they're frustrated. They've been burnt. They've disappointed. And they don't know where to turn. It's okay. So just tell me what to do. And there are unfortunately plenty of gurus, marketing experts, or whatever you want to call them, um, who are very happy to say, just follow these steps. Just do what I did, and you too will have everything. And because right. they're kind of feeling desperate and lost, they don't know where to turn. They don't know how to judge really. So they say, okay, sure. Here's my two thousand or ten thousand or twenty-five thousand dollars. Just tell me what to do because I really want to start making money or make some more money from my all this hard, you know, my years of investment in logistics. Right. And only to discover that actually marketing is a nuanced set of skills. And what I would teach people in the manual and elsewhere, like I want I want you to understand why did, every tactic can work. Every marketing tactic can work and every marketing tactic could fail. I want you to understand when it works, why does it work? When it fails, why does it fail? And it's like a balloon. If you fill a balloon with helium, it'll for, it'll soar. If you fill the same balloon with hot air, it's going to fall. Facebook ads could work. Podcasting could work. Right. Blogging could work. Everything could work and everything could fail. But if you if you if you don't understand why it works when it works, why it doesn't work when it does work, then you could follow these steps and you're not going to have the same results. It's like me and a master chef. We can be standing side by side, following the same recipe to bake a, you know, a double chocolate pie. Okay, and we're following the same recipe, except my double chocolate pie, you know, probably barely edible, but his is like an exquisite <laughs> work of art. And perfect with you know a a a, a you know hot cup of coffee. So uh, what's the difference? We both followed the same steps, the same recipe, yeah. and the answer is that I was following a series of steps, but he was following those steps with a depth of understanding because he understands the properties of each ingredient. He understands how the, those properties interact with the properties of the other ingredients and with heat and you know over time. And I was just following a series of steps. And it's the same thing with mastering anything that is a little more complex than flipping a light switch. If the instructions are flip the light switch, you don't have to understand how it works. You don't have to understand how your car works usually to, to drive it. You got to, you know, there's a little bit you need to learn. But, um, but when it comes to things, again, marketing is fundamentally simple, but it's a simplicity on the far side of complexity. Great quote. Uh, it said, um, Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. said that today I wouldn't give a fig for simplicity on this side of complexity, but I give my right hand for simplicity on the far side of complexity. That's mm -hmm. what he said, and That's and that great. really clicked for me because I came to see it as there's 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 oversimplification, there's overcomplication, and then there's simplicity. You know, true simplicity on the far side of complexity. What happens is we start our businesses, we think this can't be that hard, right? <laughs> that's yeah, that's right. what we, we thought that right. This can't be that hard. And then pretty quickly, though, we're getting bogged down in all the details, all the things that we didn't realize we'd have to do, all the, you know, the, the, the red tape and the, and the admin and, and the fact that people said no and we can't figure out why and how do we even find these more people to talk to and all the details, everything. We get bogged down in that, overcomplicated. We're trying to do, we think we have to do everything that everybody says we have to do, overcomplicated. Most people get stuck in that quicksand and never get past it. But those who persevere, those who find, you know, good coach, good guidance, good mentor, whatever it might be, and they they persevere and they 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 learn to focus. They learn to get things done in a productive way. They learn they realize that I have to stop rushing and I have to start 
doing things in a, in a thoughtful, strategic, step-by-step way. I have to move forward with faith. I have to trust and I have to allow myself to fail. I have to like be, go easier on myself and everything I'm saying, by the way. Remember I talked about suffering through? People, <laughs> people surely told me these things, but I'm telling you, I actually learned it by suffering through it. So maybe yeah. somebody will hear this at the right time. It'll save them a little bit, right? So yeah. uh, when you have all that, then, then you start to make progress and eventually you come out on the other side into simplicity on the far side of complexity. And in many ways, that's what's happened with my business model. Like I said, I feel super grateful that I'm able to focus now on on doing one thing really well with, with JVMM, and it's a super simple model. Um, it's it's just simple. Uh, you know, obviously, not, not everything I I do is like you know I, I still have to do. There are still parts of it that I you know there are always parts of it that that don't make you know that aren't your favorite thing to do, right? But most of it is is great, uh, and I like I just like I said, I feel truly grateful that I get to to do. Um, what I literally would do for free uh, as my, you know, to, to, well, to earn money. Some people say I would, if, if they didn't pay me, I would still do it. You just happened to do that for eight years and proved, and you proved it otherwise. So, um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're certainly glad you made the switch. Um, JVMM is a, it's a group full of people that really reflect your heart. Um, everybody's generous. Um, they're there to help each other. Very active community. Um, active calls, active group. Um, and um, yeah, if you want to find out more about that, profitablerelationships.com forward slash the manual, it would be a good start. And then if it if it, if it it hits you in a good way, then I'd say you definitely want to get in touch with Dove and uh, would see if uh, J- JVMM is a good fit. Dove, I know you have to go. Um, your bride is uh, asking you to be home. So thank you for, for spending time with us today. Uh, thank thanks you. for sharing your story and, and your insights and your wisdom. And uh, can't wait to see me. you, can't to see what's next with you. Likewise. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Innovative Founder with Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd, a show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder.